Welcome to the Fit Affiliate Podcast, where we talk about behavior and behavior-based conversations as they relate to CrossFit affiliate owners and coaches. My name's Lisa Hetherington, and I'm your co-host. Sitting alongside me are Tony and Chuck, the founders of Fit Affiliate. <laughs> I can't help it. It's habit. Welcome back to another episode of the Fit Affiliate Podcast, joined today by Chuck. I am doing very, very well. That's good. That we, uh, very yeah. Big exciting things happening in uh, in your uh, we, we stay other world. And uh, yeah, with, with the timestamp um, the day prior on December 6th, uh, Vanessa and I did the grand opening for our new venture, our med spa in Cedar Park, Texas, the Aesthetic Edit ATF. Yep. And it was cool. It, um, yeah. It's been very, very cool to take the lessons learned in affiliate ownership and be able to translate some of that into a new brick and mortar experience. Yeah. But we could, I fuck, we could talk about a whole lot of different things with that. Um, but well, you, had, yeah. uh, you had a topic that you, you hinted at that I probably still need to clarify a little bit of what we want to do with it in the episode. So yeah, and, look, again, and then we'll, we'll kind of figure out where we're going from there. There's probably some links between it, but um, I thought about why as affiliates we have great difficulty in describing what we do or even maybe even inherently knowing what we do beyond CrossFit or, you know, community and 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 coaching and those sort of terms that are always thrown around. It's, you know, the, the people in the competitive space with CrossFit gyms are very good about defining and saying what they do and knowing exactly who they're targeting. But as affiliates, we seem to have a great deal of trouble to narrow that down for ourselves, figure out a demographic. And, and so today I thought it was a good chance to talk about that and, you know, why that's hard and maybe how we can make that a little more clear for ourselves. And I guess the link between your new venture as well, you guys have to define very clearly who you are, who your clients are, and had to do that, you know, very early on in the journey and, and what you're what you're doing, what your messaging is. Whereas affiliate owners, we open a gym, we get a shed, we put some road gear in it, and then we go, okay, we're doing CrossFit, we're CrossFit. And then that's the identity. Yeah. Um man mm. Mm. I feel like very esoteric and like it's hard because at least through my own experience the what of crossfit like the 2159 the thrusters the burpees that solves for not just the world's most vexing problem in obesity but it it at least in my experience as like a coach a gym owner i hesitate to call myself an athlete, but I was never really a client. So like just an exerciser, I guess. Um, the what solved for so much of the why, like it wasn't just, you know, CrossFit as a physical exercise and a, a methodology. It wasn't just that it like it helped for, you know, obesity is a problem, but like depression, anxiety, just. Mm. Courage, confidence, bravery, perseverance, determination, like just a million personality trait and character or personality and character trait kind of areas of life and like, you know, suffering and then also the resolution. Mm. And I don't know that I certainly never set out to have a specific problem to solve with CrossFit. I very much so did move into it like in the what manner of I was already, you know, working out and exercising at that time. But that seemed like something that had more to it. Mm. And it was very much like a draw of the ego initially. Uh, dude, I saw one of the first CrossFit videos I had ever seen was the old video of Nasty Girls in hq and it's uh nicole eva and annie and they're doing nasty girls you're just like i've literally never even actually seen gymnastic rings not while i was watching like the olympics yeah and years. you're like badass women smashing it those? and you're like well what what is that move and then mm. lo and behold you try and you're like oh they they're real fit that's like yeah crazy and there was enough of the draw of like you know the identity of just doing the what that the identity of doing the what consistently to like be that kind of person 
it mm. solved all of those other problems, but it was on a longer timeline um, and through like a lot more nuance than I realized. And I think that most people don't step back to really kind of analyze that process and figure out where does it translate from like just doing the thing to deciding to embody an identity to those things working together to compound to actually like be able to speak to like, here's the type of people that we solve these kind of problems for. And that's why it ends up being really hard. You know, you, you mentioned like ideal clients. Mm. That's that's such a mental stumbling block initially because what gets drawn from a lot of direct response marketing and paid traffic stuff, people are like, okay, I am looking specifically for females like, you know, between 40 and 42 with a master's degree who earn 100,000 to 150,000 a year and have an average of 1.5 kids and live in <laughs> these three zip codes in my neighborhood. Mm. You know what, like, if you know, like, then fuck yeah, like, go all in on marketing to that very narrow little slice, because like, you know, that probably like, if whatever, as that hypothetical, I'm not suggesting that anybody do that for their <laughs> gym at all, but um, might not be the worst to target. But if you know that those are going to be like your easy at bats, because that's an easy person for you to speak to and sell to, because you understand at least for people like that, this journey that I went through is like, you know, hypothetically, a, yeah. another female in her late 30s, early 40s, that like, could be like, this is what CrossFit did for me. This is my story, my journey through it. I don't know what it is that you've got going on in your life. But if you're anything like me, and you have these kinds of problems, like, I don't know what it was about this, but it sure shit solved like more than I ever could have hoped for or imagined. Yeah. Um, and so that might be a more useful way if somebody thinks about what their own story is and be like, well, who else can you find that has as many other objective measures of similarity and see if these two stories have a chance to overlay? And mm -hmm. it's like, I am you from the future. And I know this isn't going to make a whole lot of sense, but like these thrusters and burpees, they do more for you than you probably will believe at this moment in time. <laughs> but yeah. You know, here's how I know that I can frame that as speaking to a younger version of myself. Mm. Um, and if we can find ways to kind of repeat that exercise a little bit, then we get a chance to understand where we can step back from that, like more objective, nuanced, thin sliced, targeted little demographic and be like, oh, if you are a human that goes through these pieces and patterns in your life and you don't like them and you want to be with a tribe of like-minded people that also want to see you win while you help them to solve X, Y, and Z, then you should probably come down and hang out with us. Hmm. Uh, but it takes deliberate intention to be able to get to understand that conversation at all. Yeah. And that is that is me speaking to a younger version of myself. It's like, just come and fucking work out real hard. Shut up. Like, don't think so much. <laughs> just do the work. I, I, I know that you think that exercise is difficult. Well, it turns out it's way more difficult than you ever imagined. I know that you thought that you were limited in the capacity of what you could do in the gym. But wait, there's more. There's all kinds of movements that you don't even know you're going to fail yet. And like... <laughs> Fitness for the sake of fitness is a hard sell, but I think that's where most of us started the journey. You're like, just fucking jump in, just yeah. jump in and like be okay failing forward, messing up. And like, you know, the magical thing of the community and the programming and the identity and like the social reward constructs, the like the dopamine triggers, like it all happens incidentally to where so many people can make it so far in the journey as owners, as coaches, as athletes, before they realize that any of these other incredibly powerful things exist. And so they get lost and like, well, what's the program? What's the workout? What's on the whiteboard? What's your program? Who are you following? What's the wad? And it's like, well, that that is a part of it. But dude, that is not the biggest piece of it. But it's it is the thing. thing that is good enough on its own to solve for almost anything else. And that mm -hmm. That was where we really struggled a lot early on in the gym is like not that we crafted deliberate messaging around that because like we we understood it probably a little bit better than than a lot of folks because um, we had had some previous experience to that. But mm. we we still were just like very much so like just come in, choose intensity, 
do movements like these in a group like this and like just build a better life. That's it. Like it really is that simple. Mm. And so we take that simplicity for granted because at scale numerically, like it works. It, yep. it is good enough as just 21, 59 thrusters and burpees to like take care of most people most of the time to, to grow it, to build buy-in, to create status. Like the movements on their own are incredible, but you would have to be really, really, really innately good at a lot of other things in business for the movements alone to be enough to carry you. Mm. Those people aren't good enough at the movements relative to just teaching, training, and coaching to get away with what they're also potentially lacking in business acumen. Mm. Uh, we were lucky. like we, we had the ability to make up for a lot of our business deficiencies by the, the quality of our coaching and the, you know, the level of mm. like, effort and care that we put into it. But that is not always the case for everybody. No, uh, no, I had already been coaching it's... for a long time. Vanessa had been coaching for a long time. I'd been on seminar staff for a long time. I'd run a gym before. I'd you know made a mm. huge chunk of my income from PT. Like I, we got it. You know, we knew that hey, if we have a bunch of stuff in business that like we suck at and we don't know what we don't know, and we're for sure gonna like fuck up and fail pieces of it because like that's how the game works. We're gonna be really fucking good at the one piece we know. We're gonna be really good at the one thing that we can control. And that ended up being detrimental. Mm. Like we coached the shit out of people and it was good enough to make up for what we lacked on the business side, but it would have been a whole lot better to honestly like not focus so much on the execution of the movements, on the learning of the movements. And not that that isn't valuable and not that, that shouldn't be going on all day, every day. It's the recognition that like, if you really want to play at a higher level, if you want to do great things like that, that is assumed. It is assumed that if you want to grow a great affiliate business, that like your coaching is dialed the fuck in. It is assumed that like your facilities are clean. Mm. Great. You have the base of like a good, consistent product. Mm. Now it's time to do the rest of it. Yeah. Um, and I just I I think, didn't think about it that way for a really long time. And because most, you know, affiliate owners kind of, start as a coach at a facility first and then it's so that's the focus and then they're like i can do this better than you know joe schmo who i'm working for i'm gonna go and start my own thing um and the focus on you know if i run really good classes and make people really fit that's going to be enough and they still haven't taken that time and to go back through and go well what do i really want this space to be what do i want it to represent what do I want it to to look like? And, you know, I was lucky, I guess, in my journey of opening the affiliate that I had that vision early enough. But even then, it still wasn't um, big enough or it was, you know, when I had my first consult call with you and Tony, and it's like, well, what do you want it to be like? You know, and I'm like, uh, just, you know, somewhere where people like to come and train and hang out and everybody's happy. And you're like, okay, bigger. And which was, you know, that's a standard answer you get, but it's like, you know, I at least had some idea of what I wanted it to be and who I wanted it to serve. But unfortunately, because of experiences I'd had in the way to change my life, but a lot of people just come into it as really good athletes who became coaches, who open a gym and they go, cool, I've got a space to train at all day, every day. And, you know, people are going to be really fit like me. And we, you know, there's no, the the photos on, you know, when we talk about the st the story of what you're about and who you are, it's not about booty shorts and shirtless dudes and, you know, swinging off the rings and, and stuff, which is what you were seeing for a long time or people dead on their ass on the floor. Like, you know, that's well, I early, think, like, early I days that was cool, but not uh, now. That's something that I, I have changed my own thinking on. Um, as I've kind of like navigated my own journey through it, like yeah. I think that it is important to retain some pieces of those things because there is an element of like, you know, the aspirational identity um, also yeah. catering to like, when you realize that the, the segment is broader than you initially suspected, it's not just this 40 to 42 female, blah, 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 like hierarchy of a person, but like 
we have to think in terms of the inclusion, also including everybody else at all stages. And that that is something that I have seen go wrong for a lot of people is they they initially are way too heavy on like the too heavily biased in their own thinking and their own speaking and their like copy, their creative. Like it, it is very much like the exercise and the fitness and the games and like the fittest humans and like half naked people all the time. And like, dude, those are aspirational identities. Those are absolutely corner, like cornerstone people in the culture and the community, even outside of the athlete context for a lot of them. Like many of them are OGs who are just like they anchor a lot of who we are and where we came from. And so like it is easy to see that like there's a lot of defensibility into biasing to that, especially if at that point in the journey, you're still trying to pursue that as like your own ideal, ideal identity. Um that is a slippery slope. And so I think most people end up like overcorrecting the other direction where they're like, dude, it's going to be, it's going to be overweight dads. It's going to be, you know, mothers of three. It is going to be all scaled movements. People do in progressions. Like we <laughs> got to make sure that like everybody in the public knows that like, this is a great place for them to be. And yeah. that is also true. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they have a lot of longer time, like coaches and members that feel like they have somehow become alienated or that like they are no longer a part of what they had built their identity around being the important yeah. reward structure. They're like, what the fuck? I spent the last five years trying to look like this and get super fit. Now you're telling me like, these are all the people mm. that we're going to hang out with. Um, but I mean, CrossFit itself well, did that. Like, yeah, stupid. Cause our needs vary by degree, not kind, but right. We're not very good at understanding curating that conversation. And so curating those mm-hmm. conversations is how you curate a culture and a community that is deliberate, which is how you get to the other side of like the what driven 2159 thruster mm-hmm. burpee shit. Like you guys see how across this room we have, you know, 74 year old grandmothers and we have shirtless 19 year olds. But We have found this common thread that unites all of us. And it is not just the exercises that we're doing. It is the people that we're becoming because of the reasons that we do the things that we do. And we're in here supporting each other and like doing this hard thing willingly, blah, blah, blah. Then they're like, oh, oh, Oh. I get it. But that's fucking hard. And if you don't have the awareness or like the time in the game, like it probably sounds like we just fucking straight rambled. For like 18 minutes about nonsense, you're like, yeah, right. And so anyway, that's why marketing for a gym is hard because you look around and it is 74-year-old grandmothers and 19-year-old shirtless dudes and you're like, so everybody, right? And what's the one thing that is consistently common with everybody? Like, it's the movements, right? And so it, it becomes easy to be like, well, if we just focus on that, that also problem solves the other shit. And it's like, eh, it doesn't work like that. Um, no. And, and, you know, we, we did see CrossFit do that overcorrection where they went from focus on the elite forging elite fitness to then you know uh on the couch and they went you know too far the other way which left a lot of og crossfitters going hang on a minute i was i hung my hat on forging elite fitness and that overcorrection is easy to make and it's just coming back to find that that middle middle space even for a lot of people that fall into someone someone just carried a box behind you package real quick Bennington. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, blah, blah, blah. Where were we? Oh, yeah. The overcorrection. Right. And so the overcorrection, even for a lot of people that are further onto that end of the spectrum, the overcorrection is harmful to them for some of them because it diminishes the value of this aspirational identity they're pursuing. Hmm. Um, I had an incredible, amazing, older Jewish doctor grandfather named Randy Brodsky in the gym, and he was fucking awesome. And he had terrible shoulder mobility, uh, terrible (laughs) thoracic mobility, had really just not like maintenance himself, but he loved that he was doing hard things. There was so much pride for him. In the pursuit of, you know, trying to be more like those elite masters athletes because, oh, my God, if he can do it, I know that somewhere in me like that capacity does exist. and That's incredible. Mm. So you need both. Yeah, because you don't yeah. leave anybody out. And no. like they are both good for one another. And those are the best gyms in the world 
the gyms that figure out how to like integrate all of the humans well to like, yeah, it really doesn't matter if you're trying to compete at a super high level or if you just do this so that like you can play fucking rec kickball with like a, a team from the office or if you're trying to make sure that you can still go play on the playground with your grandkids. Yeah. Like, yeah. We all want. Oh, it makes me yeah. that. Dude, we all want the same thing. It's not that fucking yeah, hard. Yeah. Like everybody wants to live a better, healthier, happier life. Mm. That's what you and, curate. Yeah. That's where, like, you know, eventually, like, our business cards just said, "Change your life." That was it. Yeah. Yeah, and it it is. It's and it's such a, you know, when you see it in full force, and it's it works like a beautiful machine, and everyone's humming along, and. And you can see people's lives like visibly changing in front of you. You see the person become, you know, confident and empowered. Like I used to remember, you know, the first time that some girls came to the gym, they were always reluctant to touch the barbell. But once they got it that first time and put, you know, even bigger than the small fractional plates, you just saw this change. They become this, I like this, you know, this strong, badass person that that they had that. But we tend to struggle still when we have all this in front of us is going, well, yeah, but I, but I do CrossFit. We do CrossFit. That's, that's, that's the story. And being able to tap into some of those um, deeper things as to, you know, why the doors open, why do you try and, you know, fight through the, the closures and all the other stuff and to keep your doors open when there's so much more at stake than just, you know, we do CrossFit. We, change lives here like you said on your business card change your life it's like we change lives you know so how do we tell those stories better how do we even narrow it down in our own brain and understand that that's what we do i don't know more conversations like this you know like in i think there's like a lot a lot that gets missed out on because we don't think about a conversation as a piece of the offer. Mm. Coaches, owners, the conversation is the most important, most compelling piece of your offer because anybody can fucking exercise anywhere on their own. But as a rule, you cannot have a conversation by yourself. And mm. if you understand the value of that, mm. it solves for almost everything. Because the, you know, the additional programming that somebody is seeking or like whatever cool fucking class, you know, they want or anything that's related to the movements they can do on their own anywhere. Mm. But you can't have a conversation by yourself. No. Um, and it's the conversations that get people to realize how aligned they are in their suffering, but also like the path of resolution. Yeah, and where they are down the journey. It's um, like what do they – helping people understand and understand – well, even understanding for ourselves is like how do we curate that journey for people and help them understand it from the get-go rather than it'll be fine, you're going to sweat a lot, you're going to be uncomfortable, but you're going to pay me 200 bucks a month and we're going to have fun. It's well, it's, it's learning to, you know – be genuinely curious and genuinely interested in having the conversation so that you can get examples of how those heroes' journeys play out. Mm. And so, like, I, you know, um, you'd mentioned, you know, like the women that are like super reluctant. So, Randy Brodsky was married to another. Randy and they shared the last name. So it was Randy and Randy, the this like old Jewish couple. <laughs> Randy with a Y was the the male doctor, and Randy with an I, um, female also doctor. But she was like, she was that lady that day one, zero percent excited about the prospect of being asked to lift heavy things over and over and over again um for time and for reps. And uh fast forward, you know, a decent chunk of time, and she had a really, really notable deadlift. PR. It turns out like just like most older <laughs> women, they fall in love with deadlifting because like they mm. get to they get to step into their own power. 
Mm. And so she had she had finally broken a 200 pound deadlift. And that was a very big milestone moment for her in just the objective sense of having that number to chase over a long timeline and being engaged in the process, and like going through just the grind and like working mm. on getting stronger in one specific skill. But after she set it down, I asked her, when was the last time you picked up something that was 200 pounds? Mm. And she sat and she sat and she sat and she sat. And then like, lo and behold, today years old, Mrs. fucking Randy Brodsky realizes at no point in my entire life have I ever picked up something 200 pounds. Mm. Right. So fair to say that in this moment, being as old as you've ever been in your life and as young as you ever will be for the rest of your life, you are also the strongest that you've ever been. Mm. That's a powerful conversation to really help somebody understand. Mm. Um, there was another guy that I actually just got like a really cool update on him uh, the other day on Facebook. And I never, ever go on Facebook except <laughs> now we've got the Facebook group. So like every now and then I'll catch a snippet uh, in my feed. And they, a gentleman named Jason Ralston who had had like a really troubled earlier life and I don't, well, yeah, no, you guys actually, um, Hooning and, and like the, the art of being like a shithead in a vehicle, that term <laughs> yeah. from Australia. And yeah. there's a bunch of like old VHS videos that like float around, um, Indiana, like middle of nowhere where Jason is one of those guys, but like on a cross rocket. And so he right. still like, engage in unreasonably dangerous bike antics at one point, mm. like cooked meth, um, <laughs> Lived, lived, lived a big life. A good track uh, in life, but then he moved and like really doubled down in school and ended up becoming a robotics engineer. And wow. that is like, where his story with us intersect was, you know, later in life as a as an outwardly like you would look at him and be like, this guy's, you know, healthy. But, you know, you mm. know, I know that like there's more that exists between the lines if you're willing to like you know, work to discover. And so he was a robotics engineer and he was like 18 years into this career and he was just, he was, he was unhappy in a lot of ways. Um, you know, he, oh, it's not my like story to like speak to a ton, but like he just, he was missing a lot of the pieces of what we find through fitness. And by talking about like what ended up happening probably like reveals more of it. And so Focusing a ton on the what and the exercise and the fitness, mm. it was enough for him to make an enormous amount of progress to actually becoming fit. And he became fairly fit. And for the first time in his life, he had a social reward mechanism for like choosing healthy actions, choosing positive behaviors. And like in the process, he got to become, you know, an aspirational identity for others that are earlier in their journey. Mm. And like, holy shit, you know, the guy had never been in a place to be able to be rewarded, to be the cool kid, but for mm. all of the right reasons, reasons, yeah, in yeah, all of the coolest of ways. He came to me to set up some PT, mm. and the specific issue that he wanted to work on resolving through some sessions together and some additional programming was his head forward posture. Because he was a robotics engineer, like 18 years yeah. in his career, like however long it was. It was a long fucking time working, um, <laughs> doing robot computer shit. Mm. And through working on this head forward posture, which like turns out could have resolved, you know, day zero on his own instantly by just standing with his chest out and his chin up and back. Um but it was the process of like the movement getting him to a place to focus on the physical manifestation of like the actual issue of like his lack of confidence. And so being able to be the cool kid in the room by being able to have somebody like believe in his ability to keep his chin up and his chest up oh. and to like to curate a path for those things to come together ended up um, leaving this career that had made him miserable, became a realtor, uh, like is doing fantastically well with that. And the, the little catch up that I had gotten um, on Facebook was 
He was talking about noticing as he looked out the window in his home uh, over the span of the last few weeks that there was consistently a middle-aged woman that was like sitting in his yard. And he went out to talk to her. And I guess her mom is in an assisted living facility and they're low income. Um, and so she walks to see her mom every day. Mm-hmm. And right where Jason's yard is, is where she finds that fatigue becomes more than she can manage in the, in the by foot journey to see her mother or something mm-hmm. to that effect. And uh, I don't know, Jason bought a, he bought a bench and he's putting a bench out in his yard for this. Oh, lady. wow. That's awesome. That's so cool. Like, you know, that is, that is the path of the what's solving for the things. Um, mm. And it's an odd example of how, you know, this journey of like this guy getting his first muscle up ends up being the thing that moves him to a midlife career refocus and just, I don't know, the guy fucking cooked meth. Yeah, he was a suicidal drug like addict and producer. And on the other side, like he's putting a bench in his yard so a stranger can rest her legs. Yeah, like that's it's just fucking cool. And it's and it's just an insane change of priority and perspective. Like, you know, everything else was about the self. It's all centered around the self. This now it's very much not. And you get that from mixing with a tribe of you know, humans and, and learning, you know, resilience and to give to others. And yeah, it's, it's, it's just mind blowing the transformation that, 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 that triggers. Yeah. And the transformation is so statistically consistent. Mm. If you look around our ecosystem, regardless of what your past is, what your story is and where you were, you found 2159 thrusters and burpees and pull-ups and on the other side life is immeasurably better Mm. and there's a lot of like threads that cross from you know that point a to that point b and that makes it really hard for people to understand like what is the common thread that exists and it's like that that is the Mm. common thread is that that exists for most of us yep And the people that that doesn't exist for, that's the thing to investigate because, you know, it should. Mm. And that's what people get wrong in the affiliate and understanding how to step away from like, yeah, we just, you know, we do CrossFit. We're Mm. like, oh, we we do do CrossFit. We absolutely do. We do this thing called CrossFit. Mm. Here's what it is. Here's what it looks like. Um, Cool. Here's why we do it. Mm. Here's how we do it. And not how we do it as like points of performance, but like we have a standard. Mm. That's how we do it because we hold ourselves to a standard because how you do anything is how you do everything. And I don't know about you, but I know when I hold myself to a higher standard, I feel better and the rest of my life becomes better. So that is part of how we do this thing, but Mm. why we do it. Let me tell you about why we do it. Yeah. It's, you know, we had um, oh, one of the ladies who was at the gym with us. I remember we did a member survey real early on in her journey. It's like, you know, why are you here? Like, why did you, why are you coming here? And the answer came back that it's close to home. And I was like, well, okay, well, if someone opens up closer to her home, she'll probably, she could, you know, she has no particular attachment. What are we missing in the story? But, you know, time went on and she had a really bad accident where she fell out of bed and broke the vertebrae in her neck just freak accident tripped on the sheets down um rushed to hospital probably going to be paralyzed forever the whole thing and we i still remember the day her husband rang me to tell me and i was like well like this is you know and i would go down every week and visit her in the hospital it was like a 40 minute drive go down and hang out and i'd I'd take her a gym water bottle or a gym shirt or something just so she had like, you know, when she was doing her therapy sessions and a check-in with her and all the rest of it. And the first week of her accident, um, members who didn't even work out in class with her were bringing, flooding me with meals in the gym to take up to her husband and kids because they didn't even know her. I just posted it in the members page and they were all, what can I do? What can I bring in? Like, 
one of our guys, this big, tough police officer, brought in a casserole he'd made and he'd written out all the ingredients because he wasn't sure who was intolerant. And I remember speaking to her. Um, so she eventually, she managed to be determined enough and walk out of hospital and, you know, she came back to training to to work through her rehab, which was powerful. And at the end of year awards that year, she got the award for the inspirational role model. And, like, I teared up giving it to her like that was just blew me away. But the fact that she said to me afterwards is, like, I understand what this is about now. She said, when I came, it was about the exercise. Like, you know, I just needed to work out somewhere and it was closer to home. But it's not that. It's, you know, the way that everyone lifted her. And she was, they were blown away by people that didn't even know them sending casseroles and stews and, you know, do you want me to pick your kids up from school and this sort of stuff. And, you know, people knew that I was visiting every week. So they'd jump in the say, look, if you're going to visit uh, this week, I'll jump in the car with you. I'll come for the drive and I'll go visit her as well. Like all these people just cycling through. And she was, like I distinctly remember leaving the hospital after the first visit and I was crying because I'm like, that's that's one of my kids in there. That's that's yeah. my they're my kids. Like, and that's when I came to the realization of owning a gym was not just about the burpees and thrusters. It's like, these are my kids, these are my family, like, you know, and it really affected me profoundly. And that's I kind of had that big realization as a gym owner going. It's not, a, even though I knew, but it was really that big realisation, it's not about the sweat. It's about this and, and what these people actually mean. And when you're confronted with that moment, which, you know, I hope that, you know, people don't get confronted with bad things that happen to their to the members outside the gym or inside the gym, but it really was a clarifying, uh, this is where I've seen it come to life. Everything that I've tried to build and instill in the members, it's now just organically happened in this moment of need. And it was such a powerful moment. And for her to go, yeah, it's not just about exercise. Yeah. Which is what she thought the place was, you know. Well, and like, and maybe for some it is. Mm. And that's okay too. Uh, mm. you know, I know that there are probably, and I'm making an assumption because I've never really spent any time there, but like there are probably some some life changes that happen in Orange Theory. Mm. I would venture to guess far fewer, um, and it's much more like happenstance. But, you know, is anybody worse off because they are at least, you know, breathing hard and sweating? Mm. No. And so, you know, those ends can be justified by a large number of means. But I would I would suggest, to, you know, any coaches or affiliate owners that feel burned out or if they do feel like they're struggling and like, you know, conflict and friction, like internally or as a community, um, or if they just don't really know kind of what to do or where to go because it's been a whole lot of exercise for a long time and it's just not really like where anybody, I don't know if it's a feeling that they would be aware of, but like, you know, that feeling when some shit's just off. Um, if you've been in the game for a number of years and you just can't find like that shit being awesome anymore in whatever context that shit being awesome is, mm. it would probably behoove you to see how often you have deeper, more thorough conversations on who you guys are, what you do, why it mm. matters, um, how it is impacting people's lives. Mm. And that was that was a big shift for me as well when I remember the call when we, we talked about that. Um, oh, the pain point and why worksheet? Or like uh, your own? Yeah. And I, I texted some members said, you know, and I asked them a series of, you know, why I said, I'm going to ask you some questions. It's going to seem annoying, but stick with me. And that the, the answers yeah, like, that came How do you guys lose sight of that shit? Yeah. And I don't know. And like, that's because I brought a lot of my own like inner baggage into fitness. Oh. So, you know, my, my desperate need for validation through attention and like, you know, my issues with like, you know, feelings of abandonment and wanting to make sure that I always super over delivered on the relationship side, oh. blah, 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 blah. Like, I have been innately like blessed to have at least been able to focus on everybody else's like painful journey of self-improvement through it because like that was me. Mm. It was easy to mm. see in other people, but 
if you have never actually taken the time, even for the clients that you have right now that you have had for a long time to go through yeah. just exercise of like, hey, what brought you in initially? And it will right. generally be like, eh, I wanted to lose 10 pounds or eh, I wanted to get in shape for this like vacation or, eh, you know, got some shitty blood work from the doctor and realized I need to take it seriously. And you're like, yeah, I know. OK, interesting. That's a symptom. That's like, yes, I know that that what existed, but that that what existed for a very long time before you actually did something about it. Right. Yeah. You had had 10 pounds to lose for what, 15 fucking years. OK, so like, why? Why was this the why time now? bothered you enough to do something about it? And so you move a level deeper um, and you just kind of like, as a curious human, start exploring what really brought them in. Mm. But then also like, where are you at in the journey and what have you gotten back or what have you gotten out of it that you didn't even know you were looking for? We're like, what yeah. does it really mean to you? And what do you do with it? And it's huh. it's so cool. And I remember you had one of your clients, um, I believe it was a later middle age male that had had a previous back injury and like in working with you guys and in being in the community and doing the movements and getting the coaching yeah. he could once again play with his like son i believe mm -hmm. yeah yeah and that was super helpful for you when we were you know working mm -hmm. to help you navigate a lot of your own self-limiting beliefs about like your value and yeah. in, like, in a very objective fiscal sense of like trying to adjust gym memberships and adjust gym yeah. building cadence and adjust front end offer. It's yeah. like, I mean, how much will people ever pay for like deadlifts in a warehouse? And it's yeah. like people will pay next to fucking nothing for deadlifts in a yeah. warehouse because deadlifts in a warehouse are worth next to nothing. Mm. People will pay everything to be able to play with their kids. Yeah. And that was a really powerful piece. And that really did help me just even having like those initial 10 conversations from 10 of my longest term members who I felt like I knew really well. Like I found out things about them I didn't know. And if anybody is like listening to the podcast, isn't a client, has never been on a consult, like super don't give a shit if we ever work together because at least at present there's no room on the roster anyway. Uh, so you can jump on to get waitlisted. But pain point and why? Like find 10 clients, preferably 10 that you think you know and see how well you really know them. And if you do know those 10 as well as you think you do, awesome, you're on the right track. Mm. Um, move to a group that you have some strong suspicions or thesis about because you have been paying attention at that level and doing the thing at that level long enough. You start to get better at recognizing the patterns and making informed decisions about like context clues and symptoms. Mm. If you've never done it, um, start with people that you know. It'll be way more comfortable. Yeah, it's easy. I trust you as well as you think you do. You'll be able to stumble your way through like some stuff that really shouldn't be awkward and difficult for people to talk about. But we get mm. out of the skill of having uncomfortable conversations. It is, and, and you think yeah, start there it, and. Especially if you're just burned out. Like if you're just yeah. burned out and you you're like, ah fuck, I don't know. I don't know if I even want to do this anymore. Like just talk to people about how much their lives have changed. And that's very, very cool. And it's and it is very powerful. And you know, there were times later in my journey that I would go back and read that document just to remind myself of the good that I was doing and the and the lives I was I had changed, not so much whatever the, the current, you know, fire was that I was dealing with and you know, it was, it was like, no, no, in the big picture of things, you do more good than harm. You know, you aren't just a, a thoughtless shithead. Like, look at what you've created for people here. Like, you just, shit. <laughs> yeah, just move on with it. Like, keep going because what you're doing is important. What you're doing is mad. What, what you do matters. And it was just rereading that stuff and having access to that stuff that was like, ah. Oh, um, well, and, and like, what a shame for so many of the clients mm. that they themselves have become burned out, frustrated, broken, or quit because they have lost themselves on the whiteboard mm. in the objective metrics of fitness success. Mm. The people that are so fucking mad that they can't string muscle-ups together, forgetting that they once didn't have a pull-up, but can mm ignoring the fact that it was that you know you were terrified to go and meet your friends in a public place 
Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> That's Maybe, what this is. but you know how many how many of us have like the what's solved for all kinds of things. Mm. We didn't really appreciate so much of it until we got an opportunity to talk back through and like you know present our own story in reverse. Mm. Yeah. And you're like, oh wow, that's actually like, dude, this this office that I'm in right now, like it wouldn't exist had Vanessa and I not found CrossFit, and not because of like our connection through CrossFit, but because of how CrossFit changed us, mm. people in our identities. Yes. And I, I reflect on that often is that if I had not discovered CrossFit, then I, I would never have opened a business of any thought, sort because I thought I'm not a business owner. If I had not discovered CrossFit, you know, I wouldn't have been able to be part of some amazing families and seeing their kids get confident and learn the love of exercise and, and families become united. And I wouldn't be doing this. Like, there's no way that I'm creating a podcast for people or talking to you across the other side of the planet if, if it's not for, you know, the what being the CrossFit, but it's all those other things that went behind it that have led to the change of confidence and belief and potential that I have. Like I was a little fat kid from the bush that, you know, came last in every running race. Um, next thing I'm getting a, a gold medal at world titles for powerlifting, like the, the fuck, that's mind-blowing to me. And lifting heavy things and people are going, yeah, that's really cool. It's like I've never done any athletic in my life. And it was CrossFit that showed me how to do that. Like, yeah. and once you tap into that potential and belief, then you're like, yeah, I'll give that a crack. I'll do that. You have way more resilience. You well, way more. You, yeah. Relative to like the initial piece of the conversation, you know, the, the intent of the podcast is like, if you can understand that, if you can see it, and if you can speak to it, hmm. Man, you have solved a lot of your problems for like defining your product and your offer and speaking to people. Mm. Because really, it is like, are you a person who, in some way, is struggling in the human experience? And you feel like if you did something that was kind of cool with a bunch of friends that supported you, your life might be better. Mm. Then you owe it to yourself to at least try because you can always go back. Not yeah. doing this, you have. You have not done this your whole life up to this point. Yeah. And not doing this, based on what we've talked about, like isn't working. Mm. Um, and you can always go back. Yep. But if yeah, any yeah. of these problems are like really problems that are worth solving, man, you you owe it to your future self to at least take one fucking try. Yeah. Yep. And don't, you know, it's you've done. Um, you know, bought all the books, done all the things, listened to all the people, like, and you're still where you're at. So, you know, do something, be be bold and and try something. And yeah. I guarantee 99.9% .9 of the time you won't regret it. Well, and like, you know, and so then how do you speak to that? Right? Yeah. If it's like, we'll say it with less words, you know, we just eventually get like, change your life. Yep. Um, but that also, you know, that sets an expectation of like how we chose to view it of like, if you do this thing with us, the way that we like to do this thing, that we will have you do this thing. If you are going to do this thing with us, it also mm -hmm. requires that other elements of your life change. That's mm -hmm. just kind of some of it, right? Because like, I can yeah. only affect so much change in your life for this one twenty fourth of the day. If you want mm -hmm. to change your life, guess what you need to change? Your life. Um, <laughs> but that that makes it easier to really like help people in curating the journey. It's like, dude, if you're unhappy, then there's probably an enormous amount of shit that isn't working. Mm. So at least try making the changes yeah. that you can, that you're willing to do, that you will do, knowing that you can always go back. Yeah. Um, and then, like, you know, to find a, an eloquent way to, like, speak to, you know, just, like, the movement and the what. Um, actually got this from a, a fantastic client success story. One of my, like, my favorites. And we don't have time for it. But uh, I've mentioned him before, probably on this, probably on um, 
my my podcast too, but Shane, Shane Chalk. He's like, it's it's adult recess. Mm. It's friends. Yeah. And that was it. It's like, yeah, it's adult recess with friends. Yeah. You remember the feeling that you had playing on the playground when you were a kid? What if you could feel that way about exercise with a bunch of adult friends? Mm. Do you think you would look forward to that class every day? Mm. Try it. Try going to adult recess with your friends. Yeah. Because you can always go back to not. Mm. Yeah, but it's I, very easy. I venture to guess that if you played a little bit of adult recess with some friends, you probably would change your life. Mm. Mm. And so, like, hopefully that takes, like, a really big, broad conversation, kind of, like, breaks it down into a couple little sentences that are also hopefully helpful to somebody out there as a coach or an owner to, like, just, you know, get one more client to at least, like, take a shot. Yep. Or stick it out if they're feeling, you know, a bit bit worn on the journey. Well, um, when it when it gets hard, remember why you started. Yeah. And that is, that is a line that I've used probably more times than I should have um, in coaching, but it, it it's very it true though. not a powerful one to use. Yeah. Well, you know, if, if someone has given you that really powerful goal of, you know, I want to be around to walk my daughters down the aisle. Cool. Well, if you quit now, that's taking you further from that goal. Oh, fuck. That's yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. It's not just about you sick of burpees and thrusters. It's, the bigger picture right, and that makes it become aware of your problems. I then also have to some degree, a moral obligation to help you solve your problems. Mm. And that makes a email saying, Oh, I think I just need to take a break a lot easier to address with a conversation rather than going, Oh, cool. Okay. Then cool. Be nice knowing you. It's like, it's, and people are far more cared about and far more supported. And that's the magic. That's what and we do. That's different. Surprised at how many cancellation emails are really just cries for help. People just yep. want attention, and that's that's yep. why they've got to the point of terminating the relationship because they just don't feel heard or understood, yep. or that there is space given. So anyway, I know perfect. We both got to run. That's a good good note. Good chat. Thank you, sir. Good to see you, my friend. Good to see you as always. Thank you, my friend, for listening to the Fitfiliate podcast. If you would be interested in hopping on a free call with us to just kind of chat about what you think your problems are and what you think the gap is between where you're at and where you want to go, we can see if maybe we can help you along that journey, figure out if we're all a good fit to do some sweet things together. So click the link, set up a consult. Let's help you identify some problems that we can mutually solve.